here. Uh, uh, earlier, Corey and I were just talking before service about week, uh, and so we're going to get into Psalm 103 this week and uh, pick up in 104 next week, Lord willing. So uh, we'll go through this one together, and then we'll pray together. So Psalm, we'll read through. You'll, uh, you'll notice David doesn't make any requests in this psalm. Uh, they're uh, just praises uh, throughout, and uh, the the highlight of it is uh, there are three wonderful things that he's praising God for, uh, blessings, and uh, their uh, forgiveness, redemption, and satisfaction. So as we read, we're going to see those things highlighted uh, as we're reading through this psalm. And uh, I, it's a... Uh, I like these types of psalms. Uh, you know, we've we've seen the times where David was struggling, but uh, these things where we're just praising God, where we're we're thanking Him for things. That's what or what David was doing as he was writing, and um, think it, it it oftentimes will help us um, gain a thankful perspective uh, in our own lives when we can meditate back on you know how God has worked in us. So. So uh, Psalm 103, verse 1 says, A Psalm of David. Uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Funny, we just sang that song, right? Uh, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Uh, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. So the the command from David to his soul, to uh, you know his mind, to praise the Lord. Uh, I I think sometimes we can, I don't know if you've ever been there, I imagine most of us have been, don't really feel like uh, praising God in church. You know, I've got this going on and that going on and so many distractions that, um, or you know what, we're just having a selfish day, you know, and just and, and just focused on um, on us or whatever. And when we can get here and we, we realize this is a command from David to himself, Saying, you know, bless the Lord, uh, and uh, that, and when it's saying that, it's he, he's actually talking, you know, in deep personal worship, uh, and because he says, he says even uh, after that, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. So that that deep personal worship with the Lord, you know, that my heart and my mind would be set on blessing God, that true powerful worship that we can experience. When we, when we, uh, you know, there, there is something about disciplining our minds uh, to worship God. Uh, I think so many times we can get too focused on maybe even listening to the guitar or voices that, oh, you know what, it would sound really good, or you know what, we meet, we need this, or the lights are too bright in here. You know, we can get in those weird things where we're just mouthing songs, but, but this is talking about that blessing the Lord uh, and all that is within me. You know, you know, my soul and all that's within me, that everything I have would be praising the Lord, uh, that uh, there's there's a great, uh, great lesson for us there as we're uh, singing and going through. Sorry, as we're studying and, and going through here, you know, and he even says again, bless his holy name, bless the Lord, O my soul. So that poetic where he's saying it, you know, it's, you know, songs, you'll hear that in, in songs, you know, but just bless the Lord. And he repeats it there and forget not. All his benefits, you know. Don't forget about the benefits of walking uh, with the Lord. Um, the uh, there, you know, there are times where we we struggle, you know, where we may face uh, opposition for our position with the Lord or rejection. Um, I think, especially in our culture, you might see more just kind of a soft rejection rather than 
you're a Christian, I don't want anything to do with you. We may have had those things happen, you know, especially amongst people that were close to us. Usually somebody, a stranger, especially in our culture, they'll be like, hey, hey, uh, thanks, you know, you keep, you do your thing, I'll do my thing. You know, they're going to be a little more respectful, especially in our culture. But when we understand that, uh, uh, you know, the blessing we have from the Lord and standing for him and, and sharing him, you know, those, those things that, that we, uh, it's a privilege for us to be able to do. Uh, I was listening to um, a pastor, um, uh, his, his name is Jeff Esterline, uh, used to be in, in Orrington. You guys probably remember Jeff, and he's out in uh, Washington State now uh, and as a pastor. And he was talking about being um, at uh, Bible college, and when he was there, uh, and as a way to keep uh, the tuition uh, rates low, they would let the students that were at Bible college work, and they could work off some of their tuition. So at one point he said, hey, I got to go do this, whatever the job was. And whoever was there with him, his, his, he said his, his friend's name was Mark. He's like, no, 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 no. You get to do those things. You know, that the Lord blesses us that that whatever comes after us being saved, it, it, including us being saved, but, but at whatever comes after that is gravy in our lives. We have to understand that. You know, whatever blessing we receive from the Lord, whatever, uh, however he may use us, uh, is is a, a powerful thing that he's doing in our lives that we don't deserve uh, when we understand who we were and that God, uh, you know, called us out. And, and uh, not only does he want to save us, but then he wants to, you know, he makes us his children. Right. And, and, and then we grow up in him and he's saying, I want to use that one. I've blessed you with X, Y, and Z for gifts. And I want you to use them for me. That, that we get to benefit from those things. You know, where, where it says here, and forget not his benefits, that we can be benefited. You guys ever done that? You ever serve the Lord and, and you know you bless somebody, but you know that you also benefited from it, right? There, that, that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. You know, we can, as long as we're not going out, uh, out and boasting about it or, or sharing anything about that, we're supposed to let our, our, you know, one hand not know what the other hand is doing, you know, those things. But, you know, if we're doing something so that we can store up treasure in heaven, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're actually supposed to do that thing. So uh, just, you know, keep those things silent. And, you know, we shouldn't walk around with a banner saying, I just did, you know, this for that person. I'm quite a, quite a, you know, catch for anybody. You know, that's not the case at all. But the benefits of walking with the Lord, they far exceed any worldly uh, system, uh, reward system or benefit system will ever experience that the benefits of, of just knowing the Lord and uh, us not forgetting those those things. Right. Uh, how we are always the ones benefiting. Uh, you know, the Lord always gets the raw end of the deal uh, when, when we're making a deal with him. That's just how it goes. You know, uh, he's he, he understands. Right. So verse three says, uh, who forgives, speaking of the Lord, all your iniquities who heals all your diseases. Remember, David's saying this to himself, to his soul. You know, what he says, hey, soul, praise the Lord. You know, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, uh, who forgives all your iniquities. David was a man who uh, committed some pretty serious things in his life. You know, having a, a man murdered so that he could have his wife. Right. And having that man's wife before, uh, you know, marrying her. I mean, there's just all kinds of of craziness there in his life. Um, but David's heart uh, you know, deep down, uh, he was a man that, that God called a man after his own heart. Yes. Did he did he fail? Did he sin greatly? Absolutely. 
but it, he had a repentant heart and he would go to the Lord and the Lord would restore him. So David knew that he had a lot to be forgiven of. Uh, and when when this is uh, speaking here, it says forgive uh, you know uh, forgiving all uh, forgives all your iniquities and who heals your diseases. That forgiveness uh, we could we could consider it something that would feel like being healed of a disease. You know that the weight lifted off your shoulders. You ever you ever felt like that so burdened that it's actually keeping your sleep, and then you might even get sick from it. Um, you know, just consider those things. But then we can look at Jesus Christ. And First Peter, what First Peter uh, two tells us is that you know by His stripes we are healed, right? And you can go back to Isaiah fifty three tells us the same thing. But but to know that with with forgiveness comes a healing uh, to our bodies also. So there's that relief uh, from a burden, you know, when when we can look at, at Jesus Christ as the Lamb that takes away our sins. You know, those, those, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and, and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You know, uh, take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, the Lord recently spoke that to me. Um, you know, my, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I needed it when I heard it. And it changed, it just like changed everything that was happening in my heart and mind. Just my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, it was just like, John, that that's that's my burden. Don't let it don't let it bother you. That's my burden, and uh, I was I was very blessed by it. You know, who not only forgives our iniquities, heals our diseases. You know, has that work where that that forgiveness, that um, ministering of the Holy Spirit, um, would uh, lift those types of burdens off of us. Right, verse four. Who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth uh, with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You know, the, the redemption that's being spoken of here, the, the redeeming uh, of life from, from destruction, literally saving, uh, saving David's life is what he's meditating on and what he's writing of. Uh, free to serve him, the good master, rather than serving the cruel master that we used to serve, that master of sin. Uh, you know, our our flesh leads us to sin, and sin is uh, that that cruel, cruel master, right? Because we, in our study, even through Exodus, we saw how cruel and how uh, burdensome uh, Egypt was to Israel, and to know that 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 pales in comparison to the burden of sin in our lives and on our heart. I mean, they were getting whipped and those things, but spiritually, that we that we can experience that type of of torture within ourselves uh, is so much worse than what can happen uh, externally. But uh, that freedom we can have, uh, you know, who, who redeems your life uh, from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, crowned with God's loving kindness and tender mercy. You know, uh, his, his patience toward us is his loving kindness. Uh, you know, would uh, would want to wear uh, reminders, right? Consider that, like like an actual crown that the Lord might put on. That how much of a reminder that might be. Hey, what's that on your head? Oh, that's to remind me of God's loving kindness um, and and His tender mercies, right? I, that that's what that would be. It wouldn't be something for us to to go uh, boast about because what do we have to boast about? What what we do have to boast about is in the Lord. 
His loving kindness, His tender mercies. So that that thing that that the Lord, uh, you know, if if we if it was an actual physical crown, would actually glorify God and not us at all, right? Because how many times in this life do we strive for a perishable crown, right? But this is a greater crown that that we could ever wear that would remind us of His tender mercies uh, and uh, His loving kindness towards us, toward us. And and in verse five, it it goes on to say. Uh, here, uh, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The the satisfaction that comes from the Lord uh, will far exceed anything that we can uh, try to fill our lives with. There's there's nothing that's ever going to bring that satisfaction. But what we have in the Lord is that true uh, fulfillment and satisfaction uh, in Him. Uh, and, and even uh, his provision for us, we can be uh, grateful for. And so that your youth is renewed like the eagles, uh, you know, that that uh, renewal that comes from the Lord to give us that strength where you can, you know, kind of look back at maybe Isaiah 40, uh, where it says those who wait on the Lord will uh, will mount up on wings, wings like eagles. Right. That that God rewards us for waiting on him and for trusting in him. And there's a renewing that happens in us. Uh, we're not weary. You know, it's it's the Lord that gives us the strength that we need. Uh, you know, think of an eagle. You know, when even when they're old, they can soar up, uh, you know, higher, and uh, they can still do those things. How are we going to have that type of thing spiritually with us? You know, as we're going on, we may grow weary uh, in our walk or whatever, but when we're trusting in him, uh, we're going to um, experience that renewal uh, like is spoken of here, like the eagles. Verse 6, the Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all who are oppressed. Uh, One thing we can uh, can rest in, there's a lot of injustice in the world, things that will... um, when we hear of them, uh, you guys have probably been there. I know I've been there several times. You read a news uh, headline or you re- read a news article. You hear something, and all you do is just the, that fire within you is just like, oh, you, you, it's, it's when you hear of, of the wickedness of this world and the, the, the wicked things that are done. And, the, and just that, that overwhelming, uh, just, oh, you know, if I could just – Give me five minutes, you know, with a bat with them. You know what I mean? But vengeance is the Lord's. You know, whatever happens here on this earth, we have to remember um, and not and not lose sight of the fact that that the wicked will come to the the, the end that the Lord has for them. Uh, we have to have an eternal focus. Right. We've seen that in Psalm 73 where, um, you know, the psalmist is writing and saying, you know, that they their foot almost slipped. I almost forgot. Right. We've talked about that before. She reminded me of Psalm 73 when I couldn't remember it one day, and I'll never forget that, right? Um, but the, uh, the blessing uh, of knowing that God is the righteous judge, and where it says here, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed, right? How many times in the scripture do we read that God has this awesome welfare system set up uh, so that even while a field is being uh, gleaned and everything. They they if they if they miss something, they can't go back. And they're supposed to leave certain sections available for the poor to be able to be provided for. You know, and for those that would take advantage of the poor or oppress the poor, uh, they they've got a, a day of reckoning coming uh, with the Lord. 
And uh, so we never have to look and wonder if someone's really getting one over in life. No, they're actually heaping up, uh, you know, judgment for themselves, unfortunately, uh, because God is righteous and just, uh, which which would mean he's perfect and he's completely fair. Uh, so so if we if we ever wonder if someone really or if we really get a fair share, if we're walking with the Lord and we're in his hand, we have to know that, well, my life's in his hands. Uh, I, I have to trust Romans 8:28 that all things are working to good for those that love God and are the called according to his purpose. I have to because that's what the scripture says. Do I believe that and live by it? Or is it just something cute that I that, that I think it's something cute for me to memorize and not actually believe? No, that's powerful scripture. I mean, when the scriptures, you know, when, when Hebrews declares that uh, the word of God is alive and powerful, uh, we have to believe that. And so when we're finding these scriptures that are saying these things to us, we have to understand, okay, well, I can take that. You know, I'm not, and I'm not talking about name it and claim it, where we're starting to make things up and, you know, that God is now our genie and oh God, it says here in this verse, completely out of context, that you're supposed to give me this. Right. Um, we like to do that. Right. Our flesh wants to have God. I mean, how many times? OK, just in, in all honesty, you don't have to raise your hand. How many times you ever thought, man, I wish I had a genie in three wishes. Right. 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 How many times have we wish we wanted that? But what does the Bible tell us? Godliness with contentment is great gain. Right. Because we're like, if I had a genie, I would da, 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 and I'd take care of this. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That that doesn't exist. That's make believe. There isn't a, a being inside a lamp that you can just rub the lamp and they're going to come out and give you anything you want. That's really a satanic desire, right? You know, there's there's a, a desire to serve myself, right? And we would deceive ourselves. I do this, this, and this, and good. Okay, right? When it comes along with getting what we want, right, we, we become very selfish. So unfortunately, uh, we, we can get there. But God is not our genie. Uh, you know, what's being described here is the Lord, uh, he says that Lord executes righteousness and judgment for all who are oppressed. You know, that's the judge we want, right? If we're, if we're standing in the grace of God, because we know he's merciful, right? We talked about this uh, recently. I don't remember when exactly it was, but when David had sinned, right? And David has sinned and he's, he's given an option. Right. OK, so do you want to you want to have enemies pursuing you where you guys are running? Uh, do you do you want famine or uh, where everybody gets sick or, or would you or, or would you rather experience the, the correction of the Lord? What do, what do you want? And David's like, don't let me fall into the hands of sinful men. God is merciful. I'll fall into his hands. Right. Because he had committed sin against the Lord and 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 did a census when he shouldn't have. And even his military leaders are like, what are you doing? Don't do that. And he still did it, and, and God corrected him. But what did he prefer? God's mercy. He said, you know what? I'll take, I'll take what God has over, over that. Sorry, it was, it was famine. Um, so it was being chased, uh, famine, or to fall into the hands of God. And he's like, no, God is merciful. I'll take God's mercy. So he's a righteous judge, uh, and he's, he's just, but he's also merciful. He's the perfect judge, right? He's merciful because we know we can approach him in Jesus' name, right? We talked about that this morning, uh, where where uh, and we looked back and we were considering Romans five. This is therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We experience the peace with God because we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. So that uh, you know we, we've been justified, 
uh, there's been um, that that uh, righteousness accredited to us, right? We've been counted as righteous because of our relationship with the Lord. So when we understand that He's uh, He 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 judges righteously uh, and that and, and uh, in justice, we don't have to fear. You know, outside of that, anybody who uh, would reject the Lord and and is standing opposite of Him. They don't want him judging in righteousness and injustice. They they beg for mercy, but we, you know, God puts those things, injustice, mercy, and grace. Uh, like I told you, that, that old God Sword song. Uh, I love that song, you know, because it's explaining a strong spiritual truth that when those things, they fit together in Jesus Christ. Uh, they don't outside of Christ, but they do in him. Verse 7, he made known his ways to Moses his acts uh, to the children of Israel. So God reveals himself and his ways. Why? Because he wants him, us to know him. You know, God doesn't want us to be this mysterious figure that we can't know and we can't have a relationship with. No, but he actually made his way known to them so that they can understand who he was. Verse 8, the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Uh, this doesn't sound like the angry Old Testament God with lightning bolts that I've, I've heard people speak of, right? And many of us may have heard. You know, what? It, what is it saying right here? This is a man that experienced God's chastening in his life, and he experienced God's blessings in his life. And what does he have to say? The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. You know, merciful and gracious, uh, we want God's mercy and you know those those two fit, uh, things that that fit together, right? When you when you consider uh, when we've experienced God's mercy uh, and His grace, not getting what we do deserve, uh, and and getting what we don't deserve. You know when you can put those put those things together, like the mercy we've experienced. I do deserve this, and God was so good to me. Where He He corrected me and told me this is what you do deserve, but in my grace I'm going to give you this. Right. Those when when we can experience those things of mercy and grace uh, from our Lord, knowing uh, also that he's slow to anger and abounding in mercy. I mean, this isn't this isn't just like, hey, you know, God's merciful. This this is this is a deep declaration of God's mercy, where even says the Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. Right. Mercy all through this. God's mercy. He's not an angry God. No, he's merciful. He's gracious, slow to anger, uh, and uh, abounding in mercy. Verse 9 says, He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. Yes, he's merciful, he's gracious, he's slow to anger, abounding in mercy. But man, don't use that, right? We can't, we, right? We can't, we can't just sit there and go, Oh, God's gracious, he's merciful, He'll, he's okay with this. Right. That no, that's that that's we, we can't use God's grace uh, as a cloak for vice. Right. We can't just say, hey, you know, I'm covered in, in God's grace so I can continue to go on in my sinful ways if I want to. No, no. We that's where we find our, our fulfillment is in God's mercy and grace to be delivered from that sinful desire that we thought was so much fun. Right there. there it's funny how our flesh will deceive us in that way. Uh, but when we understand uh, who he is and uh, that that mercy, mercy and grace, and that he's slow to anger, but he will not strive with us, uh, uh, not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. God will correct, right? There, there, God, whom God loves, he uh, he chastens whom he loves, right? You know the the 
uh, I, I don't, I, it, it's hard. It's hard for my three or four year old when they were that old to understand when, you know, they throw a tantrum or something and we tell them no, or they yell back at me and I say, come over here and I have to give them a butt spanking, right? I mean, my kids are way older than this now, but to, to sit, have them sit on my knee and tell them how much I love them. And because I love them, I can't accept that conduct from them, you know, and I know in today's world that the abuse or whatever, well, you know, I'm guilty. Okay. I spank my kids and I can tell you every one of them know that I love them. Right. And because I'd sit there and I'd spank them. And then afterward, I give them a big hug and say, God loves you. And I love you. You know, he doesn't want you to act like that. I don't want to, because it's bad for you. You can't go about, right. Consider that correction. If I don't love them and I just let them do that, how are they going to conduct them, their lives uh, throughout the rest of it? Right. They're going to end up behind bars. They're going to, because their lives are going to be out of control. You know, during the, um, the, the Hancock County jail Bible study, I'm, I realized that on the other side of my screen, I'm looking at four guys that, that are, uh, that have, uh, at some point done something wrong. Right. And, and they're there and they know why they're there, right? They weren't sitting there arguing the fact that they, uh, you know, whether, whether what they did, you know, they're just sitting there and they're having that conversation with me. Uh, and, 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 it, you know, we're just talking about our need for a savior and, and what God can do to restore our lives and, and to, uh, make us new and, and those things. So we're having those conversations and it's literally a captive audience. You know, the break they get from hanging out in the cell or doing whatever in the free time is to come to a Bible study and sit and hear, of, you know, God's grace and mercy. But God will correct. So they understand they're there because they did something wrong. They're being corrected by, you know, Hancock County's judicial system. But but when we understand how God corrects us, you know, for experiencing God's correction in our lives, that's a good thing because God that's 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 God showing you that he loves you. You know, if we're experiencing, if we're not experiencing his correction, that's when we get scared, right? That's, that's when we should be afraid because, you know, has my conscience been seared with a hot iron? Like what's going on? Am I not, uh, am I, am I not feeling it? Like what's going on here? That's when we can get very concerned. But when we consider, you know, God, uh, and his faithfulness is so faithful, uh, to correct us, you know, uh, there are times when he's had enough. You know, his, his long suffering, um, uh, is something to praise him for, but he also loves us enough to correct us. Right. And, and we've experienced that, that, okay, now I understand what I'm going through and that's because of this and God is faithful and he loves me. And I know those things, right. In our study this morning, we actually discussed this as the last verse, Romans 10, 21 says, but to Israel, he says all day long, I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. He's quoting Isaiah 65. So uh, we shouldn't, as especially as Christians, uh, live our lives uh, in opposition to God where God constantly has to reach out to us, right? Uh, there's a point where we should have, uh, and, and we can share this, you know, uh, for us that are here on the evening service and uh, diving into the word together. This is a great thing to be able to share with people of, hey, you know what? God's reaching out to you. I don't know how long he's going to reach out to you, but we can never look and say, well, God's never reached out to me because he has. We just don't recognize it or we reject it like, oh, well, you're reaching out, but that really means I've got to actually turn from this and actually walk with you. No, no, thanks. 
right? There, there can even be that rejection of God's word. That's what this is saying here. All day long, I've stretched out my hands to a disobedient and, and contrary uh, people. You know, it's just disobedient, disobedient. You don't want my will. You want your own will, right? And what did Jesus teach us to pray? You know, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. God's will in our lives uh, to be done rather than our own. You know, when God's got his hand stretched out, uh, we, we, should, uh, we should take it. As <laughs> soon as we notice that, like, oh, God's, God's offering to pull me up, I'm taking the deal, right? He, ha he has not dealt with us according to our sins. Praise God for that, right? Nor punished us according to our iniquities. Thank you, Lord, right? For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. Uh, we want to experience, uh, you know, his, uh, so the, this, this great joy that we can have in him, this mercy. Uh, you know, we, we want these things. We want to experience his, his great mercy toward us and everything. Then just trust in him, fear him, and, and walk with him. Is, is, uh, you know, consider what's, what's being said here in verse 11. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. You know, consider how high the heavens are, right? You ever looked up and like, it's pretty high, right? It just keeps going, right? As high the heavens are, uh, you know, above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those uh, who fear him. You know, much more than we, uh, he gives us much more than we deserve uh, and can comprehend, right? Uh, like try, try to think of that, right? When you look up and, and, and consider uh, that, when, when you say, uh, you know, his mercy toward me is, is greater uh, than what's up, when I can look up and go, wow, higher than, uh, than what I can see, you know, right? Because at some point we're, we're not able to see what's actually up there, right? You think you can see, but you like you try to follow something up, and eventually it just goes away. Ever watch balloons, right? And eventually you just lose sight of them. They just, uh, you know, uh, you, obviously we can see the sun. Don't stare at it for too long, right? Um, that might might hurt yourself a little bit here, but but to understand, He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For His heavens, uh, as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. When we've turned to him uh, and, and we experience uh, that uh, relationship with him and we've experienced the salvation, the freedom from sin uh, that Jesus Christ offer, offers, then we can look and go, you know what? He hasn't dealt with me according to my sins. If he did, I wouldn't be here. Or I'd be locked up. Or I'd be dealing with this, this, or this in my life. Nor has he punished me according to my iniquities. He's shown me so much great mercy, right? Look at verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. So if you're going north and south, you're eventually, you keep going north, you're going to hit the North Pole, right? Uh, and then you'd go down and you'd, you'd uh, then be heading south. Uh, but once you hit the South Pole, then you're, you're there. Uh, and you've reached an end there. But you can just keep going east. And east and east and we're west and west. You'll never, you'll never actually you know, go far enough east that you're going west. You're just always, you're always traveling east. There's no, that you, so, so you see that east is from the west is just there. There's no end to it. You know that's how far away. If you want to put, you know, how far away our sins are from us, there's no end to it, right? That cast and crown song, song you know, uh, Jesus, show me how far the east is from the west. 
<clears throat> our sins are removed. We'll, they'll never catch up with us uh, in our lives again. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I find this is one of the most comforting scriptures in the Bible, knowing my sins have been removed as far as he's in Christ, in Christ. If I stand in Christ, my sins are far removed from me as far as the east is from the west. Uh, guys, find comfort in that. We really need to. Because when your enemy is reminding you of your past, you can go, uh-uh, those things you're talking about, those are gone. Far as east is from the west. And we can rejoice in the Lord and even open up Psalm 103 and say, it's, right, it's written right here. It's written right here. My sins are gone in Christ as far as the east is from the west. He's removed them because he's good, gracious, merciful, and loving, right? Verse 13, and as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. You know, God knows who we are, our weaknesses. He's seen us at our worst part, at our weakest uh, point. He knows what we're made of, and he still loves us. He knows we're weak. We are but, but dust, right? That 17 elements that we're made up of, right? You can <laughs> grab some dirt and go, oh, yeah, okay, 17 elements, <laughs> right? He knows what we're made of. Physically, he knows what we're made of spiritually. There's nothing that's going to shock God. He knows who we are. He knows our frame. And he pities. It says, as a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. He's very tender. You know, he's the God that created the whole universe, but also very tender uh, with us. Uh, verse 15, as a man... As for man, his days are like grass, and as a flower of the field, so he flourishes. So uh, for the wind passes over it, and it is gone, and its place remembers it no more. You know, life is but a vapor, John uh, James 4 tells us. You know, it appears for a little time and then vanishes away. I think many of us here have probably been to a funeral, right? You ever been to a funeral, and that, that's usually a time... That, that most people are very aware of their, their mortality, right? Because you're faced with death right there. You might be faced with a box that's sitting there that has the ashes of somebody, or you might see an actual casket open or closed, right, that, that has the physical shell of somebody that we used to know. That's not the person. I had a friend that uh, lost his dad in, in high school, and, uh, and I went to his dad's funeral, and I just sitting with my buddy and I look at him. I'm like, how, how are you doing? Okay, man. And he's like, it's not my dad. That's my dad's shell. Right. But we understood that shell is, 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 is dead. There's, there's no life in that thing. Right. The, the, when, when we have the mindset, when we, when we're faced with the, the reality that, uh, barring the Lord coming back and getting us, we all face that, you know, for the Christian, there's no fear in death. We don't have to worry about that. We're going to breathe our last here and breathe our first with him. And, and we're in his presence. There's nothing to fear there. But we, if we, uh, oftentimes, I notice when I've, I've been at those things, you know, you kind of come away with that more of an eternal perspective. Sometimes that's a temporary mindset, but we, we, we should remember those things. I um, was... Uh, in, when we were in Italy, uh, our church, uh, a bunch of guys from the church went to uh, Croatia for a, um, uh, to visit a, uh, a refugee uh, house for Bosnian refugees. 
and um, being able to meet and you know take the kids out and play soccer with them. And man, do those kids take soccer seriously? They're screaming at each other. You miss a you miss a pass and a shot. Uh, I mean, they're they're like right in these kids' face screaming. I'm like, guys, we're just kicking the ball around, right? You know, they they live in a different world, and and from where they come, that's part of their culture, whatever. And we're trying to like, guys, just relax a little bit. But when you go back and and um and you you see where they're living, they're all living in this one building, and, and a family may have one room, right? So uh, we went the first time just to do some stuff and you know help work around there, try to just encourage them. You know, they've been murdered away from their homes, and uh, they're they're in this uh, this. Uh, one building. And uh, so we went back for Christmas. Uh, and uh, when we went back, we actually, you know, everybody's bringing Christmas presents. And, and uh, so uh, we went in collaboration with another church that was close to our church over there, American churches over in Italy for service members and everything. And we went and when we got there, I, um, I, I got the, the, uh, just the, the privilege to see something that uh, still kind of might choke me up at times, but I, um, I watched this family that asked for a radio and all they wanted was a radio, right? We can go to Walmart, spend 10 bucks on a radio and we've got the radio in our, but they just wanted, and they got, someone got them this little boom box type thing, right? Yes. I just dated myself. I realized that. Right. But, um, to watch them, they, they, this whole family existed in the size a room, the size of probably my office, like a, a little bit larger bedroom or whatever, but they've got, they're, they're sleeping on, um, uh, uh, bunk beds and, uh, you know, the whole family is four or five people in there. And when they open this thing, uh, and they're looking at this, uh, this radio, they're grabbing each other and they're jumping up and down and they're uh, crying tears of joy. They're so excited. They've got a radio. They've got something to listen to. They don't just have to come back to this quiet room watching them. And it, it gave me a different perspective on life. Right. And I, I remember I got back. Jen missed out on going on the trip by one day. Her her passport came in the next Monday uh, and I was so, so bummed out. But she's like, no, I want you to go. So I get back and and she's asking me, hey, do you want to like what do you want to do? We got you know, we're nothing going on this afternoon. You want to go to the base exchange, walk around, do some shopping, anything like that? I'm like, no, I don't really want anything. I don't need anything. I that what I experienced was something just that that just it was a perspective that that that, that did something to me and, and has changed me, you know, when, when we can actually see the other side of, of life, right? In America, we're, we're so blind to that type of thing sometimes, but, but to have actually uh, see that and, and to gain a different perspective on that, it, it changes you. There, there's a, a part of you that, that really starts appreciating things a little bit more. When we can understand, if we have an eternal perspective uh, as much as we can while we're here, we understand that this life is temporary. What, like what's being said here. As for man, his days are like grass, right? And if, I'm sorry if, if you're like the grass in my neighbor's yard. He mows it every three days, right? You know, if you come over to my house, it might be every seven or eight days. Ten maybe, depends on what's going on. It might have a little bit longer of a life, right? If you're a blade of grass. But that perspective, right, where we understand. Because what happens to a blade of grass after it's cut? Dries up. You know, it becomes chaff and ends up blowing away or, it, you know, gets down and uh, into and just it just dies off. There it says the wind passes over it you know, for a flower. Once that flower it might come up and it's beautiful. 
right? But as soon as it's uh, it's cut down and you know the or falls off, uh, the, then the wind passes over it and it's gone. And look at this, and the place remembers it no more. Where that flower was remembers it no more. It's not like the the that that thing, you know, that that space. What's being described here is that space doesn't remember that flower that was staying there. If we understand that that this place isn't all that we live for, that this is we're sojourners, as the scriptures say, we're just passing through as Christians in this life. Have a light touch, right? We should we should have a light touch on this world, understanding how temporary it is. Now, you know, if we're living for the temporary things in this world, where you know we're going to find ourselves greatly disappointed because there's never fulfillment in those things. There's maybe a temporary fulfillment. Yes, I got it. And then you get it, and you're like, how come it's not giving me the joy? Because we weren't built to, to, to that's not what we were built for, to experience. We're never going to fulfill feel that fulfillment that we do uh, in the Lord and experience that fulfillment uh, from something else. It's only going to be in the Lord. But when we have a proper perspective of, of we're temporary, we're here for a little while, and then we're gone, uh, and, uh, and our lives are over. Think about it, right? You ever thought back in history and been like, just just look back, right? You know, there are things, I was actually talking to Dina today. I think it was Dina. And uh, we were talking about, oh yeah, it was Dina. And we were talking about the, one of those cards. Uh, so Cheryl, Cheryl, we had Cheryl's 60th birthday and somebody gave the cards, like what was happening uh, 60 years ago? And, you know, how much did uh, uh, Alan, I think it was, was it you that somebody told me, oh, it was Mark that, that uh, he goes, yeah, look how much a house costs. It was like 26 grand or something, right? And, you you, you know, you're, you're looking back and, and, and all these things, and I totally lost what I was where my where I was going with that. I hate it when I do that, but it's Sunday night. You guys know what goes what goes with that. But uh, oh, and we uh, Dina, uh, she's like oh, and she goes. I always love those things, but I also hate them because you realize you're like man, how old am I? <laughs> and we look at them, and, or, and I was saying, hey, you know what really gets me is when there's one of your favorite movies and someone's like, oh, hey, yeah, that movie's 25 years old now or 30 years old, that song. You're like, oh, my goodness, right? Because you're like, no, it was just you know, a couple of years ago. I was in high school, right? And they're like, nope, 25 years ago, right? You know, two and a half decades ago. Just having that proper perspective. Okay, verse 17. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness uh, to children's children. Uh, to children's children. So we are temporary. We just looked at that in verse 16. But God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting. We should take comfort in that, that there's no end to the mercy of God, right? It's not like, okay, you know, uh, 2024, June 17th, it's the end of God's mercy, right? Uh, but but God's mercy is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him, right? So uh, where uh, there's there's that condition, right? If you fear in the Lord, you're walking with him, then we can rejoice in his everlasting mercy and his righteousness uh, to the children's children, right? Uh, to those who fear him, we can benefit um, uh of uh, loving and, and serving him in our lives and pass on a legacy of knowing him to the next generation. We can, we can share of his goodness and his mercy uh, that the next generation and the one that follows after that children's children would hear of the goodness of God and uh, that they would uh, know him themselves. <clears throat> Verse 18 to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them, uh, that keep his covenant. You know, he always keeps his word. We should 
always keep our word, but we're always the ones to break that. But to know that God uh, is is faithful, and and we should look at it and say, you know what, God has been so gracious to me, and what it, what covenant is He asking me? What what's He asking me to do? Love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love my neighbor as myself. Everything is wrapped up in that, right? Those things shouldn't be too difficult for us if we've put the death, the sins of you know the the flesh, right? The desires, sinful desires of our flesh. That we say, you know what? I don't live for that flesh anymore. I live for Him, and I'm just going to please Him and 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 uh, bring Him glory and honor by in, in what I do. I'm going to keep the covenant he has by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't have the power to do it ourselves, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, you know, removing sinful desire uh, to walk away from God's covenant, we can trust that he'll keep us in his, right? So uh, where, and then there's this, uh, uh, those who remember his commandments to do, th- uh, do them. Now, um, it's opposite of, of, of the forget that we are we already uh, talked about earlier. I think that was in uh, in verse uh, right around verse one somewhere. Uh, not forget his benefits, right? Um, but that we would uh, we would remember his commandments and and to do them. So it's not just enough to know uh, his commandments, but to actually apply them to our lives is what's being talked about here. Faith and works working together. We're not saved by our works. We talked about that today. You know, Christ is the end of the law uh, for righteousness. We, we discussed that in Romans 10 uh, today. But, uh, you know, our works should accompany our faith. Our works should be evidence of our faith, right? James talks about that, right? Faith without works is dead. And he even brings up the argument that might be presented. Well, you have faith and I have works. Uh, and he says, "Okay, well, show me your faith. Uh, show me your, you know, your, your, your works here." And uh, and uh, okay, so I'm going to do my works. And he's going to say, "Well, yeah, I'll show you my faith by my works. I'm going to exercise my faith by the way I'm living, and you're going to see Jesus Christ in my life. Uh, those things should be evident in our lives. Live out our faith." Verse 19: The Lord has established His throne in heaven. And his kingdom rules over all. So uh, we serve uh, the all-powerful God who rules over all. He's righteous and uh, he's just and he's ruling on his throne. Verse 20. Bless the Lord, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless uh, the Lord, all you hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. So bless the Lord, all of creation, including the angels. Uh, where it's saying, who in excel in strength. For what? Why do they have their strength? To do his word. And it says, heeding his voice, uh, his word. To do his good pleasure. That all of creation, everything created, would bless the Lord and, uh, and praise him uh, and do good to please it. Verse 22. Bless the Lord, all his works. In all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. And bless the Lord, all his works. Right? When we understand what Ephesians 2.10 tells us, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, who, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why? For good works, which he had prepared beforehand, for those who work uh, the, uh, beforehand, that we should walk in them. You know, when when we understand who we are, that we're God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, 
So when we're made into that new creation, what are we supposed to do with our lives? Good works to please God, right? And to praise God and to, and to declare him, right? Uh, what does is, what is Matthew 5 tell us, right? Um, you know, you are the city, you are, um, uh, you are the light of the world. Uh, uh, let your light so shine before men so that when men see your good works, they'll glorify your father in heaven, right? That's, that's literally why, you know, that new creation. Now our lives are to be lived out as Romans 12 tells us, uh, as living sacrifices. So our whole life changes. Everything changes once we meet Christ, once we know him. That that old person is dead and, and in in baptism buried, right? And we've talked about it in church. How weird is it for us to go dig it up and drag it along with us? That'd be weird, right? You see somebody walking with their old carcass down Main Street, you know, or got in a wheelbarrow, just carrying along. Oh, just carrying my old flesh along with me. That that'd be weird, right? We shouldn't do that. Right? If we're walking in the Lord, we shouldn't do that with our lives either. We shouldn't, we shouldn't spiritually do that, where we're dragging along our old self. No, we're new creations in Christ. And, and what this is, uh, what Ephesians uh, 2.10 tells us, we're, uh, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that God had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Right. So when we see in verse 22, bless the Lord all his works in all places of dominion, bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, how do we bless him? We have to understand, you know, what's our purpose in life? Like, what, are, what, are, what am I doing here? You know, if I'm all his works, where it says, bless the Lord, all his works. If I'm one of his works, what does that mean? Well, I'm his, his, his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Lord, what do you have for me? Right? We're not, we're not walking uh, in and of ourselves anymore. And we, we do these things in all places at all times. Right? That's not just a church thing. Right, that we carry out our faith uh, wherever we are. So this this psalm, you know, praising God for forgiveness, redemption, satisfaction, fulfillment. Right, the the blessing of knowing and walking with Him. So let's pray, Father. We are so grateful for Your Word. We ask God that You would please bless our time now that we have to set aside to uh, for prayer and praise. That You would uh, speak to us, and uh, for any that are comfortable enough to share, uh, then uh, then to share that that nobody would feel uh, threatened amongst uh, this group of brothers and sisters. But we would uh, share You and uh, you know what You've done for us, or uh, share what we can uh, pray for for each other. So we thank you for this opportunity uh, to spend time together now in prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I just need to uh, freeze this real quick.